All right, in Psalms uh, 33, uh, I want us to begin reading. Uh, let's begin reading in verse 9. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and he stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike. He considereth all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eyes of the Lord is upon them that fear him. Upon them that hope in his mercy. To deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. I just want to dwell this evening on a thought uh, Now, we are blessed by God in order to be a blessing. In whatever we do and wherever we go, we must not forget that we have been blessed and are being blessed in order that we can be a blessing uh, to the world in which we live in. Would you pray with me for a few minutes, please? Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for everyone that is gathered here tonight. Lord, we have come in your house to pray. You have taught us. That your house will be the house of prayer for all nations. Because you, dear Lord, hear the prayers of the righteous. Your ears are turned towards us. So we pray tonight that you will meet with us and help us. The request that has been already offered, dear Lord, I pray you will answer them according to your perfect will. Lord, help us now not to forget uh, this truth that we are reading in your word. Uh, Blessed is the nation. Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. Help us not to ever forget or, or, or ever overlook that statement or that truth. Help us to live by that truth that we have been blessed by you and we want to thank you. Speak to each one of our hearts tonight, Lord, and help us to draw some truths that will help us to be better Christians. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I was reading uh, several years ago when I was trying to get my U.S. citizenship. I don't know how many of you here have uh, had to go through that process, but it's interesting. There is a lot of questions. There are 100 questions you have to study, and they ask you questions like, which is the longest river in America? Who was the first president of the United States? Uh, can, you, can you state some things from the deck, uh, uh, in our Constitution? And on and on, there's all these questions. You, you go recite them in your mind. And then at the, at the ceremony... Uh, if you pass and they uh, allow you to become a U.S. citizen, uh, you have to take, a, uh, take an oath, of course, and then you have to make a pledge. 
pledge to the United States of America, to the flag of the United States of America. And all of us from, I think there was 33 countries that day when I was getting naturalized, we're all standing there, all standing with our hands on our heart and making a pledge. And I thought about uh, what a wonderful thing that was. That, uh, that in a country where people can come from any part of the world and, and have the privilege, privilege to become citizens of what we call the greatest nation on planet Earth right now. And to pledge, pledge men recognize that I have a responsibility now. I have been privileged now, and with my privilege has come responsibility. I owe it to this nation. As an immigrant coming to this country, I'm not here to take from this nation, but to give to this nation, to contribute to this nation, and to be a part. I remember my father uh, speaking to uh, my, me and my brothers. Uh, uh, he, he would say, you know, that uh, we are here in America now. Uh, we are privileged. Not everybody get to do what you guys get to do, to come and live here, and to have all the privileges that are offered to you. And then he would say also that all, along with all these privileges, he would say, you have responsibility. You have responsibility to be a good citizen of this nation. You have the responsibility to be a contributor into the success of this nation. And I remember talking about joining military. And I mean, nobody in my family has ever been in any kind of military in India or in the United States. And I remember just conversation that, hey, it would be great if one of you would join the military. You know, and I thought, my goodness, you know. There's no way an Indian would join the military. You know, that's a scary thought, first and foremost. Especially the military, United States military, not any military. You know, we're talking about this is it. This is, you can't get any higher than this. And I remember thinking through those processes and being reminded over and over again that I have responsibility now as a citizen of this country. But then when I became a Christian, it became even more serious to me. Uh, it became more important to me that I, not only I'm a citizen here, I'm also a citizen of heaven. I have been blessed by God more than I deserve. And all that I have, I don't deserve. It's strictly, strictly God's grace. I'm, no, uh, I'm not special to compare to other people, other Indians. I have nothing that I can bring to the table to offer uh, as a peace treaty with God. I, I, I don't have nothing. I come empty-handed when it comes to receiving salvation from God through Jesus Christ. I realize it is God's grace that has given me the privileges that I have today. And with those privileges, I have a great responsibility. And when the author here is talking about David, uh, he, he records, if you read the whole chapter, uh, David's reason to praise the Lord uh, from chapter verse 4 through verse 19. They included praises for God's word, his creative power, his sovereignty over all the nations, his all-seeing vision, his faithful works, and his deliverance for his people. And David was overwhelmed with his God and how good God has been to him and the nation of Israel. And he begins to brag and praise God. And then and, and our text verse is simply verse 12. Blessed is the nation. Favored is the nation. The hand of God is with those who have put their trust in God. 
He talks about who this God is. He's not the idols of the world. Talk about the one who created. In verse 7, he gathers the water of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouse. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. And David recognizes who this God is. He's not worshiping him. He said, blessed, <laughs> favor is a man. Favor is a nation, collectively or individually. This is true. It's not only for Israel. It was for any nation because it doesn't mention that. He said, blessed is the nation. And I'm always trying to put, make it personalized. Blessed are you. You ought to put your name there. Blessed is Hamid, whose God is the Lord. And the question comes now, is really, is God Jehovah truly my Lord? Is he Lord of my life? Is he Lord of my everything? Or is it just a lip service to him? And, and David makes it clear. It's a blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. And as I, as I read so many things about uh, during getting my citizenship and all these things, I came across the Mayflower Compact. I know most of you probably know this. And you say, Hamid, why are you getting so excited about that? It just intrigues me. It just intrigues me so much that this is how this nation was founded. This is how it all started. It didn't just drop out of the sky. There were some men and women who truly believed in the one true living God. Who truly believe in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who truly believe that it is the gospel for all men of all nations. And they want to establish a nation that will give them that liberty to worship him freely. And then and share him freely across the world. So here's what the, here's what the Mayflower Compact. It says this document that gave the direction to this nation. Three biblical truths. Uh, that those on the board of Mayflower really believed. Number one, they believed the new nation would glorify God. Number two, they believed the new nation would exalt, uh, uh, will, will extend Christianity. The advancement of the Christian faith. As you think about that truth just right there. I, I'm sure when they wrote this uh, in their documents, uh, they did not foresee what was going to take place 200 years later. Up to now, even now I would say, along with South Korea and, and Philippines and a few other nations that are emerging, America has sent more missionary out into the world than any country that I know of today. That means the American Christians like you and me have made it possible not only to preach the gospel, believe the gospel, live out the gospel, and then share the gospel, and then pray that God will raise up laborers to send them out and support the, uh, those who go out and make it possible for them to go to the regions beyond with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's powerful. I mean, as you sit and listen, man, we are, we are part of the history of these men and women who wrote this document, who believed in their heart, this is why we are going to establish a new nation. They believed, number three, their authority was from God. It wasn't from England. It wasn't from some king or queen of the earth. They truly believed their authority to do what they're going to do was from God Almighty, the one that David talks about, the God, the Lord God, the, uh, the one and only true God. They said this authority came from God. And you know, when I thought about this, I said, wonder how sensitive am I to the things of God? As, I, as a Christian man, do I believe this? 
Do, and I know I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna open it up to general America as far as general public, but for those of us who are Bible believers, who have faith in Jesus Christ, who believe there is only one God and there is no other, we believe there is only one way and Jesus is the only one way. So do we really believe that the nation which we are living, the lives we are living in this nation that was founded for this purpose, do we live to glorify God in all that we do and say? That's a convicting thought right there. Do we do all that is possible to extend the gospel? A month ago, that brother from uh, Philippine was here going to Malawi. And then brother Ken was here going to Bulgaria. I don't know how many of you felt what I felt. Maybe I'm weird. <laughs> did, you, did something in you kind of began to, you know, just like brew and say, hey, wouldn't you be the, like to be the one to join them? He said, oh, are you insane, man? We never entertained that thought. Come on. Did, did something in you said, you know what? Wouldn't it be great to be part of that? Maybe God, maybe I can go. I mean, that guy, when he stand up here and he says, 56, I said, that's old. <laughs> He was picking on Mr. Sloan. I don't know why he was picking on Mr. Sloan for. I mean, he's old to be called out to be a missionary. I mean, we think young guys in their 20s and 30s, uh, you know, vibrant and, and all this, they should be one go on and shaking the world for Jesus. This dude, he said, you know what? I went over there 12, 15 times, and I got tired of coming back to America and saying, hey, who would go? And God said, why don't you go, man? We ate lunch together uh, with him, and I said, hey, brother, you have room for an old man like me? <laughs> you know. I mean, there's, there has to be a natural desire in every Christian. What can I do, Lord? How can I fit into this grand scheme of making you known into the world? That's got to be the greatest work on planet Earth. Right now, as you look around, sometimes we think, man, as a nation, we are very sick. Because we have forgotten God. Because there are other scriptures that say something like this. Righteousness exalteth a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations, they forget God. And as we look around, the scene is pretty bleak. I remember 1973 when I came to America, went to public school in Washington, D.C. First time... I've ever been in a public setting in our homeroom class. It was at least three or four thousand students in that huge tech high school. And the first thing in the, our homeroom, the loudspeaker came on. And everybody bow your head, we're gonna pray. I was a Hindu, there was two guys from Middle East from Muslims. And we didn't sit around and say, well, <laughs> we ain't doing it. We bowed our head. We didn't know what we're doing. You know, we, I, I don't know what we're doing. But I remember every day of my high school, somebody would pray. Somebody would read a portion of scripture. And then we were dismissed to go to our classes. In Washington, D.C., 
And I don't, you know, when you go look back as how God has saved you, look back all the events of your life. You know, God was, was working with me long before I even knew that God was there and God was working. It's easy to forget God, isn't it? We get so wrapped up in here and now and this and that. We end up having a form of religion with no power therewith. Doing more lip service than a heart service. Let me just close. I know time has run away from us. You know what I want to do as a Christian in light of all the blessing God has given me? I want to repent. I want to have a heart of repentance all the time. I don't want to get to the point where I get proud and start justifying my sins and say, well, I'm better than them. They do worse things than I do. I don't want to go there. I don't want to find myself justifying my wretchedness, my sinfulness, my shortcomings by looking at others and say, well, bless God. No, I don't ever want to get there. I want to be all the time realizing how good God has been to me, bringing to me where I am. Oh, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Forgive me for my attitudes. Forgive me for my sins. I don't want to have a heart of rebellion. Because the Bible says the rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. And I sure don't want to be identified with witchcraft. I know what witchcraft and darkness and that world does. Number two, I also, I also want to confess the sins of our land. You say, well, you got nothing to do with it. Well, when you read the Bible, you find a lot of men and women praying and confessing sins they have not committed, but the sins are committed around them by their people and their nation. And boy, we can have a list of it, can't we, tonight? We can make a list and say, oh, God, I'm sure if we recognize it, you sure do. We may think we're getting away with it, but God, you know, you know, it's just a, just a time in your timeline. You've been merciful, long-suffering, and grace is going to come to an end, and all hell's going to break loose. So, dear God, I intercede in behalf of our nation for the innocent blood that we shed. Yeah, we. For all the wickedness that goes on in our land, God have mercy. In your wrath, O God, remember mercy, O God. Please have mercy on us. Turn us, O God. Please turn us back towards you. Number three, in light of all God's blessing, I want to be more disciplined in fasting and praying. I remember my early Christian life. Man, I, I, I went to fasting Often, because I realized how, how depraved I was and how backward I was and how wicked I was. And I, and I, when I learned this principle of fasting, that's asking God uh, to help you because you're in crisis. Someone put it this way in Hebrew translation. It describes what happens to us when we go through an emergency. Hebrew word for fast describes this. It's in the middle of a hurricane. We don't think about eating. We work it to survive. When our car breaks down in a snowstorm, we don't look through our pockets for something to eat. We look for a shovel or a warm clothes. We concentrate on survival. We must fast. We must pray. We must beg God. We must intercede 
for God to do something, lest he does something to turn us as a nation, bring revival among us as a people of God and those who are not, there is no hope. And lastly, I don't want to give up hope. So I quit watching news. Amen. <laughs> Bro, it'll, it'll, it'll mess you up. <laughs> yeah. You and your wife will get in a fight. <laughs> I don't want to give up hope. Listen, listen to what Lamentation says. Before I read that verse as we close. As bad as everything seems to be. Is you listening? Please listen to this. If you didn't hear anything, hear this. As bad as every, everything, thing, everything is going on, America is still the best place to worship God in this world. Amen? You say, well, I don't know. Well, let's go. We'll go to the other side of the world. Find out real fast how good we got it, bro. All as bad as drugs abuse, robberies, rape, and violence in America, this is still the best place in the world to live. That's why there are hundreds and thousands and literally millions now risking their lives to get into this country. They're not all loonies. They know what nightmare is to live where they live. And what potential it is for future. Zero. As terrible as America is in turning away from Bible reading and prayer in public schools and embracing atheistic worldview. I still have a hope that America can have revival. Don't you? I really believe that. Here's what uh, Lamentation says. Yet this I call to my mind, to my remembrance. And therefore I have hope. Okay, what we just heard in, from the scriptures. I call this to remembrance, how good God is, how great God is, and how God is gracious and working in hearts and lives of people. Reminding myself, and that's why I have hope. And the steadfast love of the Lord will never cease. His mercies never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will have hope. I do. Because he's in control. He still rules and overrules. And he's in control. He's never been out of control. It's still his world. I have a hope. I hope that God can turn us as a nation back towards him. I'm going to cling to that hope till the day I die. I'm going to keep pray, praising him for his faithfulness and his mercy that is extended to every man, every place, all the time. Aren't you glad? I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, I lived, uh, I don't know, half of my life now in India and the other half here. I can't get over how kind God is. Would you pray with me tonight, please? Father, thank you for this time tonight. Thank you for reminding me my journey to this great nation and all that you have done for me which I am not worthy of. And I'll never will be, Lord. But I'm not going to Used as an excuse, I'm going to be a responsible Christian person. That I'll confess my sin to you, Lord. I don't want to make excuses. I'm tired of living there. Help me to 
discipline my body and earnestly fasting and praying. And Lord, help me. Help us to be people of hope. No matter how dark it gets, till you come, Lord Jesus, Spirit of God, you still are the greatest than he that is in the world. And we believe that you will continue your work in convicting men of sin and righteousness and judgment and leading them to truth to the Lord Jesus Christ. So Lord, as we go from your house, keep us in your care. Help us to be a witness for you to be the responsible Christian citizen that we can be. Thank you for everyone that is here. Bless the youngest and the eldest in the room today. Keep us close to your cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.